is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, 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 the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast where the Seattle Seahawks have won their first preseason game. If I'd done research, I'd be able to actually tell you when the last time they, it was that they won their opener. Feels like it's been a while, but they've won. They defeated the Minnesota Vikings at home 24-13. to It was a shaky start for them, particularly on the defense, but good things happened. They ended up, uh, ended up coming back, playing some pretty com- complimentary football on both sides of the ball. Rookies kind of were splashy. It's, it's good vibes. Very good vibes. Very good vibes indeed. Yes, absolutely. It's always good when you go one and zero, Maddie. Always. It is one and zero each week. That's, that's that's the mentality. That's right. That's right. We're taking it one game at a time, baby. One game at a time. I'm trying to research the uh, mm. the last time they won an opener, a preseason opener. It's been a while. They didn't win it in 2022. They didn't win it in 20. Uh, ah. 21. So my uh, hunch did, was correct. Did they do it in 2019? I'm not gonna keep on looking through every. They did it in 2019 against the Broncos. There we go. Wow, it's this been four long years, four years of pain. Four whole that we've years. Seen exhibition Seahawks football result in a W. That's right. Well, opener, preseason opener. They have right. won <laughs> some preseason games since then. But yeah, that would the, be wild. It would be an absolute shambles. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, what we should say before we kind of dive into it is we understand that the local broadcaster in Seattle had some difficulty showing this game. That yeah. did kind of impact me transatlantically also. But I, got, I got kind of a Minnesota Vikings feed. I crossed the northern border. You also got a bit of issues. You're a DAZN boy, right? I'm a DAZN yeah. boy. Yeah, it's DAZN. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, they yeah, were that not was... in the zone. They were, no, they were, they were not they were in the zone. Bloody zone. Uh, I was upset with them. And then everyone yeah. pointed out it was actually King Five's problem. Yeah, but it was, uh, I mean, it was a little bit the zone too because they could have cut to the to the Vikings broadcast yeah, earlier. The zone. Yeah, like I was just staring at like a countdown screen while like people were tweeting that D. Eskridge got hurt on the kickoff. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I thought that like something really bad had happened and yeah. they'd had to just like cut it. Like it was just an obscene injury where they'd but fortunately we should say that D. Eskridge only twisted his knee. Uh mm-hmm. we will kind of get to that, I guess, on the subject. It's disappointing for him given, you know, his suspension, first six games of the year he's gonna miss. This was the year where he was looking to, you know, in his third year of football, put it all together, prove he could stay healthy, which has been his main problem in the league, and he gets hurt on the opening kickoff. But yeah, the the, the broadcast issues uh, were not great. I mm. managed to see most of the game, though, and I think tied it too. So given that the Seahawks have done a first thing ever in, in four years, <laughs> uh, we're, we're excited about that. Uh, and yeah. it's also, I should say, before, before we get into it, it's 7.05 a.m. here. I have not slept. It is 2.05 here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So Yeah. 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 We're uh I... we're we're staying caffeinated out here, you know. I'm not as Absolutely. much of a sicko as Maddie, so this is a little bit of a 
of an adventure for me. But mm. this is like it's light outside. The birds are chirping. This is like every day for you, though, Maddie. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, just nocturnal. Yeah. I'm, I'm a vampire. Right, right, no. Right. Um, right. What it was also what also sucked about the King Five thing before we actually talk about the the game on the field was. Michael Bennett was in the booth and he was really good. Dude, he like, was snapping. really, really yeah. good in the Seahawks <laughs> broadcast. And then really it just kept cutting out. And I was like, yeah. oh, I Dude, wonder what he... Michael Bennett said that I've completely missed because they can't actually show what he's talking about with uh, Mike Robinson. Yeah, he was ripping into guys tonight. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. It was great entertainment. Well, I did also find uh, on the subject of, of Michael Bennett, and I guess let's let's lead into the game. Mm. Mike Bennett said how obviously he'd been coaching up Seahawks outside linebackers and interior defensive linemen like Mike Morris during uh, the past week. And so having him on the broadcast not only brought his expertise with his playing career, but you know he has a specialist insight into the current Seattle uh, defensive linemen. And mm. he was talking about Boye Mafe, and Mafe made a great play second year outside linebacker taken in the second round of the previous draft. He was saying how um, after Maffe stacked his guy, he was to the side of the open B gap in Seattle's nickel over front. He took all the air out of it, put two hands on the guy, and then stood him up and shedded him to the ball for a tackle for loss. And Bennett said how he'd been coaching him up in the past week and he said, I told Maffe all week, I said, you got two of them. Use your hands. Use your hands, Maffe. I said, your hands are too soft. They feel like butter. Slice your hands. Get some blood in your hands. Obviously, Michael Bennett said this in a in a much better way than I just did. Did but... you actually write down that quote? Yeah, <laughs> that was a cool quote. That's, Very yeah, cool that was quote. A, that was a cool quote. Yeah, He's, yeah. he sliced those hands. Uh, and yeah, he was setting the edge. And if Maffe wants to go on the field, he has to show that ability to set the edge first and foremost, because then he, you know, can be used on every down, not just pass rushing. Mm-hmm. But like he's taking the leap, and obviously Dow Taylor's still out with this shoulder thing. It really looks like Maffe is going to be a, a big factor for Seattle, and it's very cool that they have four kind of genuine outside linebacker options. Yeah, and uh, a, a guy that can really set the edge there, like he did tonight. I mean, if he can keep on doing that, that's massive for this team so yeah that was really sick he had a great game tonight um one thing that i was disappointed in was we didn't get to see cam young and that was because he he missed this game due to injury what was the injury again that that pete said tonight he had a calf strain uh he injured his calf two days ago right so we we saw a lot of roderick perry on the interior roddy yeah old, old roddy boy and uh who What's the other guy's name? Number 69, Sykes. Yeah, Jacob Sykes. Jacob Sykes, yeah. Yeah. He he um I, I know Griff really liked some of the things that he was doing tonight. So I think uh, what's what with the way Seattle's got their interior D line, some guys are gonna stand out more because they have a kind of more explosive penetrating skill set, whereas some of the guys are a bit more kind of big stout, uh more classic uh n- like big nose tackle types. But yes, Sykes had real kind of pop, whereas Perry obviously is in his second stint with the team this offseason because he was cut uh, and then re-signed after they had some depth issues at nose tackle. Uh, That's one of those to assess how they did, really. We've got to watch the tape for the down-to-down consistency. But I don't really have anything to report. Uh, Mm. On the outside backers as well, Derek Hall looked pretty good. And Pete Carroll, after the game, was very excited, saying... Uh, he, he's doing really well. He's going to be in the midst of rotations in about a month's time. Uh, when he says rotations, he means like 
getting on the field in games regularly, like working through the guys. Um, Pete Carroll said that's because he's too physical, too fast, and got a great head on his shoulders. And he's honing, he just needs honing his game down. But he was very complimentary about his uh, intangibles, saying he has a really, really good attitude about playing defense and he's really one of the fellas. Which, like, that shows on his college tape, the way he set the edge. Like, he took that personally, and it's clear he mm-hmm. bought into stopping the run and, and doing his job within the cog of one cog within the machine of defense, right? And mm-hmm. he had that really nice uh, hit on Nick Mullins. He just got it slightly wrong where he landed on top of him, and they called roughing the passer. But there's juice that he's going to bring. And we knew that he would because of those athletic traits that Pete said and then the smarts. But to see it out in action uh, against the top string that the Vikings were willing to put out uh, tonight, very, Mm -hmm. very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so uh, some really nice stuff there. Uh, I want to talk about the linebackers here because that was kind of a big story for us. Um, Mm. We were talking about that. Uh, Devin Bush, let's start with the positive. Uh, oh, Devin Bush okay. actually looked. Devin Bush actually looked pretty good tonight, right? Yeah, and and you know what, Pete Carroll highlighted him as a standout player. Uh, he he said uh, when he was asked about how Seattle stopped the run and how their run defense was, Pete brought up Devin Bush. Yeah, and he had that really nice play down near the goal line against Abram Smith. Uh, he can run and up. hit, right? Like he's yeah, got, yeah. he's still got the speed. And I know it looked like after his. A bad knee injury that he'd lost some agility, but uh, you know, I need to go and watch it back. But it looks like he's got some real burst, so that's exciting. Yeah, that number zero looks weird though. I can't lie, it looks mm. a little weird. You yeah. know what? I, I think Kobe Bryant in eight, if Kobe Bryant wore 29 and was playing safety, it would be a whole mm. different matter. But like in eight, it just looks wrong. It does look wrong. Like I can deal with it as a nickel, but yeah. Yeah, because that's like yeah, a, but as a, but as a but as a safety that was that was that was a little weird. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, they're running nickel bear guys. They're in a bear yeah. front, and there's a nick. And I was like, no, no, that's a safety. Mm. Stupid boy. It's it's still base personnel. You were coping a little too hard there. I think. Yeah, a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. It does happen. Yeah. Uh, Kobe had a pretty uh, decent game tonight as well. He was running around hitting dudes. He was. He was hitting dudes. It looks like he's taken to the safety stuff well. I mean, he's basically uh, the, the, well, he'll he'll have to be careful not to become a jack-of-all-trades master of none, but he is playing all the DB spots. Pete mentioned how they need him to work in outside corner again. But Ty, you wanted to get deep into the inside backer stuff as we were jumping around. We're obviously very excited. Uh, Very excited. The rest of it, Ty, was not good. Yeah, no. So uh, <laughs> you want to start with John Radigan? I think we need to talk about John Radigan. So obviously Seattle was without Vi Jones, who I think in theory is their next guy up after the starters, Bobby Wagner, Devin Bush, and then Jordan Brooks when he does come back from his injury. Mm. But my word with Vi Jones not there, and Vi Jones can actually run, but like Radigan, I know he had a bad knee injury as well, but like he can't, he can't move like his and his pursuit angles were really rough to watch tonight and that's often the case when when you're slow your pursuit angles are going to be poor because you're you're always trying to get to the play and you're trying to make up for your lack of speed so then you start over pursuing you start overdoing it yeah yeah there was a there was a play fairly early on and i think the first quarter uh where the 
Vikings bounced a run out a uh, run to the outside and he was the only dude there to make a play and he just kind of flailed trying to make the tackle. It was it was it was a rough look. So I like I don't wanna get super negative here, right? We try to we try to stay hashtag positive here for the most part on the Seattle Overload podcast, but uh it it, it was easy to see why they've brought in some linebackers as of late. I'll say that. And I'll just leave it at that. I think that's fair. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, for whatever reason, they decided not to join in with the draft class this year or the previous year. Uh, obviously, they didn't rate the guys that highly. And there is a dearth, I think, of linebackers coming out of college. The college game has just become such a different game than it used to be that inside backers mm-hmm. don't really exist. Not the guys you were getting 10 years ago in the NFL. Pete Cowell did, though, unprompted when he brought up Devin Bush. The guy he uh, volunteered before that was Patrick O'Connell. Patrick oh, yeah. O'Connell, the uh, 24-year-old undrafted free agent out of Montana. I need to watch him back, but he was wearing 57. So, Cody Barton? Yep. Yeah, Co- Co- he, 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 too, is uh, white and uh, <laughs> similar stature. Yep. Yep, and yep, yep. Uh, Montana is cowboy country, and that's uh, right. Cody, uh, he was a Utah guy, but he liked his ranches. He had his cowboy hats, Brock Coyle type beat, Yellowstone right? vibes. Yep, 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 yep. That's right. That's so, right. yeah, something to monitor. Something to monitor. Yeah, yeah. But yeah I, did, I, I didn't watch. I, I didn't see him at all tonight. So I'll just, mm. you know, I'll I'll take Pete for his word, and then we'll we'll review in a couple days here. Hmm. Yeah, uh, should say that Pete was made a point of mentioning how it was the first time that they tackle anybody, and he he was really disappointed they're tackling to start off with. But it's a case of shaking the cobwebs off, and they did miss some like really poor tackles. Uh, Carol also mentioned run game struggles on offense as being like a case of they just need to get used to blocking, and that's kind of why they play uh, preseason games. Evan Brown as the starting center, he seems to have moved above Olu Oluwatomi. And uh, he he is uh, yeah he he I I think Olu had like a he had a slight injury which held him out and and sort of uh, halted some of his progress. But Evan Brown was with the first string guys. However, mm. Evan Brown like because he's slightly uh, smaller and has shorter arms, his anchor gets tested in a way that Olu should never get tested. And we saw that in a mock game like Cam Young was pushing back Brown slightly. Brown wasn't beat. He's just going to have to uh, set and set and set a bit more than Olu will. Mm. What was notable, and obviously the Vikings uh, quality on the defense went down uh, as happens in preseason games. But what was noteworthy to me is when Olu came in, the offense started moving the ball, as has been pointed out by uh, fans on Twitter. But also Olu was dominating. Like he was, he was, he was not moving. He was moving guys. And he just doesn't move. Like he, he looked yeah. very, very, very impressive. And he, Ty, has surely earned the chance to get get against better opponents and have a bit more of a thing with Evan Brown if he's not already. Yeah, I think this is a real competition. I was very impressed with what we saw. I think all three of us, you, me, and Griff, all said at the same time, like, dude, he's playing really well right now um yeah so i would love to see him you know get like an actual real opportunity get some starters get some you know dudes that he might see in the regular season um 
because yeah he the, like he was overmatching a lot of these uh, Vikings defensive linemen tonight um passing off blocks really well standing dudes up it was really really good center play um so yeah again want to want to see him against uh, some better competition next time around against Dallas hopefully he earned it he did earn it he did earn it and that's very exciting uh, Anthony Bradford next to him he had a nice pancake but he had some up and down moments so and mm. uh, Phil Haynes in in the first quarter on third and eight gave up a quick pressure on the guard where he just didn't expect the wide rush angle so but but I think Bradford looks very much as we kind of expected and it's it's very early to do this but I think he needs a year which yeah he also had the holding call that negated the uh the personal foul um yeah so you know some hiccups there for for him but uh yeah, we'll see the next two games for him obviously yeah. plenty of time for him to turn things around but yeah that's probably going to be a little bit of a project okay so cornerbacks tie mm-hmm. there was a big battle going into this with obviously devon waver spoon is out with another hamstring thing uh, regarded as not serious but it just you know I, i'm not sure he'd have played in this game anyway well maybe because he's a rookie but uh he wasn't there uh, and really, the discussion with Witherspoon is we've we've touched on Kobe Bryant, and I've seen a question about him, which we'll get to in this, on on this subject. But the the other thing which Witherspoon does is it means yeah he can play outside, but if he plays in the slot, who's going to play at left corner? Obviously, last year's starter at left corner was Mike Jackson. However, Mike Jackson's been working on the right side with Reek Woolen out. That has created a vacancy for a somewhat forgotten man Trey Brown to come into the left side where he played very well at in 2021 until he hurt his patella tendon and and missed the rest of the year and has been recovering since but seems to have a bit more burst quickness which has been showing in practices uh and we hoped in the game but ty uh well mike jackson he he got beat on a jordan addison sideline catch which uh they didn't review but he did get his toes in uh but he did show up against the run nice kind of did i don't think he got as much play time as trey brown uh, and then Trey Brown had a missed tackle on fourth down in the flats uh, against the big guy. He went for the low, take out the knees and just missed. And then he uh, had two tough moments on the touchdown drive, including getting uh, kind of mossed for the touchdown. Yeah, you got mossed. And then a couple plays before that, I think he bit it and didn't take the sale route. I think that was his man right there. That was his responsibility. So... Um, there was a play earlier, I think it was on maybe the Vikings first drive where he closed in on the ball and broke up a pass. That's true. Um, I think that was on, on a curl to Addison. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of a mixed bag from him, but the, really what's going to stand out from this game is obviously that, that touchdown drive. Um, especially once they, uh, they got into the red zone there. Uh, it was a yeah, little rough go for him. Cause, uh. Let's first talk about the sale route that you talk about. So Vince in the chat asked, was the coverage from Kobe better after he was late to that corner of Vikes 19-yard pass on their touchdown drive? That wasn't really on Kobe. Like, it was cover two on that side. Now, the Vikings had a good concept drawn up where they condensed the receivers down, which makes the conflict happen quicker on the cover two corner. And so the outer guy in the condensed set, I, my hands are the wrong way around. Why are they the wrong way around? It's too late for stuff like this. Anyway, the 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 outside guy ran a little outside release stop route. Like mm. if you're a cloud corner, you're you're lining up on the one guy and you're thinking, I need to deny him the outside release and get hands on him to buy time for my half safety over the top. 
But because it's all happening quicker, really, what uh, what Trey Brown should have done there is just pure zone that I think, and and he kind of got caught on the 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 eye candy and the the, the corner route, which he should have been underneath. Kobe should have been over the top. That that got there, but it's good design. But really, mm. Brown had to play that better. And then the touchdown tie where he got mossed, he, you know, yeah, he, if you're a short corner and he's like 5'10", right? If you're a short corner, it's not a problem until it is a problem. And, you know, you have to be really, really good at playing the ball at catch points. And that guy he was up against is 6'5". But, yeah. like, he just, the way he timed his jump. Is that Tanner his... Moose's brother, by the way? Yes. Maybe. We'll <laughs> I mean, they're they're. I don't they're know both, that they're both named Moose. They both have long hair. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You, you've, you've never seen a moose before. That there's loads That's in right. Canada. That's right. That's right. It's a good point. My yeah. bad. Hmm. Something to muse. Uh, right. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't. I have no idea. Like, how many muses are there? <laughs> yeah. That, that especially that play football. Yeah. Yeah. So probably. Anywho, um, how long are Browns arms again? They're over thirty-two. They are over thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, the the size just, obviously. Just that's, that... and, and and really, you've got to anticipate that. Well, he did well because he had a he had a conflict in the flat, and he saw the corner route was behind him. It's mm-hmm. again, it's a beater for that thing at the goal line. Like a lot of teams play that kind of coverage at the goal line, mm-hmm. and he just got it wrong. Yeah, like he was outstretched arm, and he just didn't get to the ball. Yeah, so. It happens, and that that uh, that chipmunk uh, Nick Mullins was dicing Seattle up, wasn't he? Yeah, as per usual, right? So, um, well, and that's the thing too, right? Like, I, you know, everyone's like obviously gonna overreact on Twitter, um, but you know, Nick Mullins has played some games. You don't really have many of your starters out there. It's fine. That's the point Mike Bennett made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, it's fine. It's cool. You know. Uh, it's going to happen. And obviously, you know, like Pete mentioned, the, the tackling was poor, but they got that under control. And, you know, things looked a lot better from the first quarter or from the second quarter onward. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. And a big encouraging factor for me, Ty, mm. is the Seahawks have changed their defensive scheme. Uh, yep. Now, yep. Pete Carroll actually spoke on this. He was asked, like, can they take away from the run defense, which in this game gave up 3.2 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. But that does include uh, Nick Mullins' two for nine yard carries, which were scrambles, I believe, which is 4.5 average. So if you remove that, then it's slightly better. I'm not doing the maths or math. It's too I can late. do it real quick. I'll do it. You're, oh, you're going <laughs> to. Wow. I'll be, I'll be a sad boy. I'll be a sad boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got to, I got to okay. find the box score first. <laughs> so yeah, talk, get the box score talk, up and talk, then get your calculator out and then subtract the nine yards and the, the, yeah, the yeah. fact there was two carries in that. And then, mm-hmm. okay. While you're doing that, Ty, mm-hmm. the, the, the run defense has changed. So I noticed and I wrote on it on my sub stack, Seahawks on tape. Check it out, www.seahawksontape.com. But I noticed that Seattle had changed how they're playing their nose tackle in their nickel four down, even over front, okay? And they were one-gapping, power-stepping him more. This scheme was like pre-2022 Seattle, where they, they did a lot of things which they didn't really do in 2022, but had done previously when Pete Carroll had a good 
uh, run defense. Now, those were mainly run front things, like it was, it's to do with run front. And that is not to say that the Fangio stuff's out. Like, for instance, it's still a 3 4, and they did it for, for a reason. But, like, uh, the coverage even was more spot drop, less matching. That might just be because it's the preseason, they haven't had time to work on the coverage. But, like, just interesting to me. And it works, it does work. Like, it's proven. So whatever happened, and I'd love Pete Carroll to be asked, but he's obviously changed it. And he, you know, he, like I said, he was asked about this and uh, about whether he can take stuff from the run defense performing well. Mm. And he said, yes, absolutely. And, you know, unprompted, he wasn't asked about the tactics of this, but he said, yes, absolutely. Scheme worked well. And we liked the way we played, the choices that we've settled in on, the way we basically play. Because the when he says basically play while on offense like every nfl offense has similarities and when it's the preseason you can get super vanilla with it without really giving up what what you have now there are still core identities to it but it's less pronounced than the defense where on defense in in nfl preseason stuff there is a much clearer and we've spoke about this before probably last preseason but there's a much clearer kind of uh route to things like there's only you can't really hide your base way of playing things. And from the base way of playing things on defense, you can extrapolate kind of the whole recipe, the whole lot. Like just as I could see that a one technique nose tackle means so many other things. Uh, it's, it's, you, you have to be pretty nerdy to do it, but like the way that Seattle basically plays has changed in 2023 and it's much more similar to pre-2022 when obviously i think they got caught in trying to do too much vic fangio stuff which you can debate whether some of those concepts work but also i don't think seattle could coach it and i don't think they had the players to do it either so um pete said the calls worked out really well tonight guys were really confident in them and as we played more we got better and they brought the scheme to life a little bit so it was a good night for us on defense a really good night except for the start where we couldn't tackle anybody but he is taking, uh, you know, he, he's he's taking stock in the scheme working, the scheme that they've decided on for 2023 based off the run defense tonight. And he hasn't even watched the film yet. And I, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. So he just like me. Um, we, I, I, I saw it and, and I was like, that's, that's like Seattle. Like they were, they're running a reduced over front, uh, a, a 6-2 kind of appearance. Uh which they used to do. They're running bare fire zones, which they did 2021-2020 to, to move stress points. Uh, and their nickel over front still had that one technique and they they weren't trying to two-gap the front. They're, they're one-gapping up front. So mm. very, very cool. Yeah, so looking forward to actually seeing, you know, Jaron Reed and hopefully Cam Young soon doing that, see what that looks like. Um, and I did the math, stat boy here, putting in the work, mm. and uh, stat boy. with with uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and without the uh, the two Mullins rushes, um, it was three point one. Wow, it's gone down by point one. Yeah, stick that on your wall. Well, technically, it was three point oh eight, so round it up to three point one. But we could round oh, you down round that we... up. Yeah, we could we could round that down if you want yeah, to. Yeah, let's just round it down. It's All three. Right, it's three, three flat, three flat, baby. Three flat. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. So other other positions of, of notes. 
wide receiver. So yep. it was disappointing. Obviously, we mentioned at the start of the show, D. Eskridge sadly injured on the opening play. Not too serious. Twisted his knee. Uh, mm. Cade Johnson uh, was a serious uh, injury where he, he got a concussion. Yeah, they took him to hospital. Believe, you know, that's a precaution. It tends to be what they do with these guys now. Uh, the good news about that uh, so far is that Pete Carroll said the reports out of the hospital uh, were a real good report, he said, and there's no findings so far. They obviously have to keep him in probably overnight for a few more tests, but fingers crossed right. Cade is okay. Yeah. Uh, it was disappointing that we didn't see Cody Thompson out there after he had a really solid uh, preseason. He was missing with a tight groin, but that just handed uh, Jackson Smith in Jigba uh, with the first stringers uh, a really good opportunity. And Ty, he kind of looked like you'd expect. Yeah, it was pretty much what you would expect. Uh, had a couple of catches. Um, and then there was uh, one where he got open on a... I, I like kind of saw it, so I'm not exactly sure what he ran, but it was kind of a crossing route or something. And, and I think Locke just threw it behind him. Um, yeah, so but think, if he hadn't got a hand on it, I think he was getting picked. So yeah, so uh, what he ended up finishing with two catches, two catches, like three catches, twenty-five yards. What was what was the third catch that he had? I remember the one. Uh, it, was a, it was a it was a play action slide. He caught it for two yards and he got tackled high. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was pretty much you know as advertised. Nothing really to get too excited about, but you know. I just I want to see him with Gino. Obviously, I don't know if we'll ever if we'll get to see Gino this preseason. I would I would assume that we'll get at least a tune up, maybe at Lambo, if not next week. Um, um, okay, so so on that subject, oh wow, I can't even find my bookmarks, but um, because Twitter's so broken. But Greg Bell reported that the that one of the games <laughs> this is great just hold on a second sure. he reported that one of the games is where they expect the starters uh to play uh yeah. the most often here we go next week versus dallas august 19th is where the regulars will play the most okay all right so there we go so we'll, we'll get to see that because obviously that you know gino and, and jason they've gotten rave reviews from people that have gone to camp and and watched them uh so for the rest of us Right, who are not fortunate enough to uh, get to go to Renton. Uh, that's pretty exciting. So, uh, outside of that, in the most predictable fashion, uh, Jake Bobo was obviously the story of the receiving group tonight. Got a touchdown, had uh, quite a few catches tonight. Him and, uh, and Drew Wu were working really well together, it seems like. And and, and uh, Holton Ailers, uh, yeah, yeah, Holton Ailers. Who who caught the second touchdown? Or the the touchdown from Ailers? Uh, Matt Landers. Matt Landers, right? Yeah. So so let let's uh, deal with Bobo first because I have uh, some thoughts on Landers, but uh, yeah, Bobo was pretty predictable, right? Like we he yeah. cooked in the the mock game. Mm -hmm. like he, he just has a connection and as we've seen in the past with like your case and williams these tall guys who who are, <laughs> are a big target and yep. aren't awful at running routes you know they they cause problems for the lower strings and yeah the the touchdown that uh bobo had was impressive where like i don't know what the corner was doing but like he, he he ran like an inside release and then broke outside on a vertical go route or fade route and and 
was wide ass open. And mm. you know his production in college, given he ran what was it four seven forty or whatever, I think it was you know, a he must, nine. You know he has he has he has to have some craft to him, and he was mm. wide ass open on that play. He had three catches, fifty five yards, and a touchdown. Good for him. He also made an incredible play on special teams, which unfortunately uh, they couldn't quite keep it in. But he he was the one who batted it out, and unfortunately right. the guy caught it. it was, his toes were in the end zone, and so they didn't actually get the punt on the one yard line, but. Bobo's chances of making the roster, they are they are slim because unfortunately for him, DK Metcalf is the big yeah. tall guy and he's the X. And then it's yeah. what type of player, you know, you, you know, you're gonna have uh, DK Tyler, you're gonna have Cody Thompson, most probably, and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Your five and your six, is Derek Young gonna be there? Because they like him and he's another big. And then do you carry six? If you carry six, it really is about special teams. So he has to make it on special teams. And would Seattle prefer a guy he could also return? You know, there's it's where the utility comes into it. And ultimately a six foot four guy who runs four seven forty is tough for them. Yeah, it's just how how valuable is having another X on this like how much is he actually gonna be able to impact you? And is he necessarily the best special teamer? No, but that also depends on the health of Cody Thompson because Cody's a really good special teamer when he's healthy. Uh, so, you know, I, I would say that he still has the inside track, assuming that he can get back on the field here. Uh, but yeah, you know, nice night for Bobo. And um, you know, he's putting some tape out there for, for teams. And, you know, maybe he gets on the, on the Seahawks practice squad. A nice night for Bobo. That sounds that sounds Nice strong. night for Bobo. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Matt Landers, okay. He, mm-hmm. he caught his touchdown from Holton Aylers. Right. And Which, again, uh, that throw. <laughs> hey, I love how he, he gave his receiver a chance on the play. That's right. That that throw was an adventure. <laughs> it was a it was a trip. It was, yeah. it was a ride. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. But Matt Landers, who caught the touchdown, is a twenty-four year old undrafted free agent rookie wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting that he's over six foot four. He's 200 pounds, and at the combine, he ran a 4.37 seconds, 40, a 37-inch mm. vertical jump, and a 130-inch broad jump. Just interesting. That is very interesting, Matthew. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so maybe he'll get an extended look here. Uh, that's a that's an inter- that's an interesting tool set. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Aesop. Winston also had a pretty nice game. He caught the uh, the touchdown from Drew Locke, uh, which was a nice ball from Drew. Um, so, yeah, so maybe he's kind of in the mix here. I mean, again, I, I still feel like as far as the fourth receiver, fifth receiver, whatever, you know, as far as that goes, it's pretty much Cody Thompson's job to lose unless, you know, he's just not able to get back out there. Um, same with Dariq. Like, those two guys are kind of the... Uh, the front runners on that front um but yeah you know we got some competition we got some guys competing right now uh what did you think about drew's night because we haven't really talked about him for the most part sorry what did i think of who drew lock drew Wu. so he had his pick right yeah and which and was that Carol- tipped yeah and Pete Carroll said it was technically the correct read but like I think it's still getting picked if it's not tipped. Maybe I'm wrong because he did try and zip it in there, but like he's he opened yeah. to the other side, then he came back. He thought I think 
I don't think he knew he had cover four. Like the, that quarter flat defender was getting under that, in my opinion. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we'll wait for the end zone angle, but that didn't look like even if he, you know, got that in there, like without anyone getting a finger on it. And like the was, corner was overlapping that as well. Yeah, if it goes further. So yeah, so that's so even if the underneath defender isn't there, that's probably that ball's getting broken up or it's getting tipped into the air, like something. Like I don't, I don't think that was going to go well either way. Right, and like, don't forget, we've actually seen more of that play than than Pete has. So at this right. stage, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, because Pete seemed like confident that if the ball didn't get tipped, like that was that was fine. But that didn't look like that. Uh, but overall, I mean, like you know, Drew was pretty good. Um, there was some. There was a couple occasions where I felt like he held on to the ball a little too long and whatnot, but we saw some good velocity on the ball. I mean, like he's his arm is incredibly impressive. The hose, right? The hose. The hose is real. Yeah, it would uh, it'd be nice if it could connect with a receiver downfield. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see that. But uh he was sipping some balls in there. Um and obviously we're gonna see him a lot, right? Like Pete said tonight, like he he wants to see Drew a lot. So uh, we'll see, you know, what that means for Holt Naylor's the rest of the way. Like, if he's actually even going to play, which I don't, I don't care. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, I don't care if he plays another down. I imagine. The rest of the preseason. No, well, what's cool about the cutdowns being in one go at the end of whatever mm -hmm. is what we see. And when I when I say that in one go, they're going ninety to fifty three, like bang. Yeah. Uh, I think third game is going to be. Drew second the first half, Holton second whole of the second half. Right. With the other guys who didn't quite make it. But like Holton, right. you know, I'm sure he has a spot on the Seahawks practice squad if he continues like he did tonight. I liked how he, he's a perfect preseason quarterback, lowering his shoulder into into bigger guys, yeah. left handed, so intriguing and kind of deceptively fast yeah. and, and lots of grit. And also wearing fifteen and left handed, which is funny. But right, this is, yeah. this is a, he's a not just the Tim Tebow reincarnation. This is the the whole Tenailers. Uh, yeah, I could get his name right; that would help. But he's a he's he's the first one in, last one out type of dude, right? Yeah. But yeah. to your point about maybe like him not playing that much, I think this next game where Greg Bell said that the kind of regular dudes will reply, uh, will reply, will um play more often. They, uh, I think that will shake out as like Gino probably maybe for the, the first quarter, maybe maybe second quarter. I doubt it, and then yeah. probably Drew for the 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 rest. Um, yeah, I was yeah. I was I was legitimately like unironically looking forward to watching Drew Lock tonight, and uh, you know, like some of the throws, wish he did some things. Didn't like the interception, but overall it was solid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it would be so nice if Seattle could get, like, a day two, one pick from him. Because, like, to be transparent, like, that's what they're hoping for with him on the roster for a year, isn't it? Or, like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, for him to... It's kind of an odd situation. Like, for him to re-sign in Seattle for another year, then things maybe haven't worked out how either side envisioned. Uh, but mm. then, you know, they don't want him to sign elsewhere. and like, I, But I don't... Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying at this point. Um, 
Finally, Ty, my, my final thing I wanted to talk about is the running backs. So heading into right. this game, I was excited to see like that kind of DJ Dallas versus Zach Charbonnet deal because obviously Kenneth Walker is the starter. Then, you know, they like the idea of having a one-two punch going on, not just handing it all on Walker's shoulders, even though I think he can at this point take that load. But really what separates these guys is their ability to come in like Travis Homer crafted out a role on passing downs for his pass protection and blitz pickup stuff. It is as that passing down running back, something Seattle uses quite regularly. And we didn't really see the opportunities for that while also the blocking wasn't like clearly they were struggling uh, early on to, to get it right. And so we didn't quite see that shakeout. Although my favorite player of the whole first half was Zach Charbonnet catching a, a check down over the middle and lowering his shoulder into uh, Lewis yeah. scene and, and knocking that guy over. Like that was awesome. And yeah. Peter Engler, who mm-hmm. who is Peter Engler? Well, he is a let me get his title. He works with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. He is a Seahawk, he's in Seahawks football research assistant. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted a clip of Beast Mode's uh, first Beastquake uh, mm-hmm. during that play. So there you go. Clearly, Peter Engler sees a bit of beast mode about Zach Charbonnet, and mm. that was pretty beast mode. And if he can bring like tough hitting like that as a compliment, I, I think that's that's nice and nasty. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun, and uh, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people are going to really like Zach Charbonnet if he keeps on doing that. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. That's the Seahawks preseason. Preseason also, game sh- one. Shout out to to Kobach. We're we're Kobach. Kobach. He we're was Kobach. Uh, and, and do you know what? Uh, just to finish on this game, like, mm-hmm. I, and I think I started with this, but that was how. And we we don't want to overreact, but that mm-hmm. was how Pete Carroll wants to play games. Like, right? They he'd like to have run the ball better at the start and like to have tackled more. Chalk that off. But mm. they ended the game running the ball pretty effectively and on defense because they'd stopped the run and they were up by two scores they had uh stopped the run to have some fun they'd earned the right to rush the passer and they rushed the passer pretty well and they got some sacks and they they teed off and they they did their thing and they 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 played back and didn't give up the big play and that 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 is the seahawks model in the preseason and so that's what i think uh pete carroll himself will be uh emphasizing to the team Game two, we will see more of the the regular guys. Uh, I think JSN, like with Gino, is going to be cool because like the the play lock missed him on. Like you got to remember, I think JSN's been working more with Gino than he has Lock. Uh, right. There's, yeah. There's probably more of a connection present there as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll find out. Please do like the video, subscribe to the channel, follow Ty at Dane Gunzulus, follow me at Matty F Brown. Uh, check out SeahawksOnTape.com where there is that article on how Seattle's defense has changed uh, and and they've actually changed more based on tonight, which is very, very cool. And also follow Griff. He will be back uh, at C Mike's Spin Move. Until next time. Oh, and this is a podcast. Have we even said that bit yet? This is a podcast. So go on Apple or Spotify or, or Spreaker or the other ones. And give it mm-hmm. a five star review and say, um, I don't know. Matty needs to change his whiteboard thing because it says training camp and it's now preseason. Get it dialed now in. Pre- yeah.
you fool. You absolute yeah, moron. Fool. Or say yeah. uh, the Blue Jays are choking on a, a large uh, crouton. piece of bread. Crouton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, since I plugged my work, check out Ty as well. He does a Mariners uh, podcast, Ty, which is called Locked On Mariners. You can check it out on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, just like this podcast. Uh, yeah. There we go. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Great first show of the 2023 season. I'm so tired. Season. <laughs> so tired. We we did it. We did tired it. Tired, Dan Gonzalez. Uh, time for bed. It's quarter to eight, 7.46 uh, a.m. here.